0: This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 126, about Gotham, a dark night, season 4, episode 21, one bad day. I'm David Mazouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew
1: Powell, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast.
0: Welcome back, fellow Gothamites, to this, the penultimate episode of Season 4, One Bad Day. You are listening to Gotham TV Podcast, episode 126, all about Season 4 of Gotham, A Dark Night.
1: I am one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. Welcome back, Gothamites. To the penultimate episode of Season 4, as John said. We are waiting on an announcement for Season 5 of Gotham, so we delayed our recording a little bit. We're hoping we're going to get an announcement uh, tomorrow, which is Monday the 14th of May, because the Fox upfronts are happening over in New York at 4pm New York time, uh, where hopefully they will announce that Gotham is coming back for Season 5. And on the quality of the last few episodes, I can't imagine they're not going to renew it.
0: No, me neither. I really, really hope that Gotham gets renewed for a season five. This has been an outstanding season of Gotham, Mm -hmm. and I can only hope that it continues through into season five of this fantastic TV show, Gotham. It has emotion, it has action, it's got terror, it's got fun, uh, it's got romance, and it's really got Double jeopardy all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really fantastic episode, this episode 21 of Gotham. Uh, Yeah, one bad day. And, wow, there was a bad day in here somewhere. There were a lot of people that had a good day, ultimately, in the end. Mm -hmm. As did every citizen of Gotham, thankfully.
1: Yes, Um, most of them. Most of them. Unless you're in the clock tower.
0: Yes, if you're (laughs) in the clock tower, that was definitely a bad day. But... Uh, yes, a fantastic episode of Gotham uh, this week. And of course, it has been a fantastic season. So if you want to listen to all the episodes of Season 4 of Gotham, please head on over, subscribe to Gotham TV Podcast on any of your favorite podcast catchers. You can head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com and just go to the subscribe section and you can pick your good or evil podcast catcher that you want to listen to us on and whilst you're there please rate us and leave
1: a review all feedback is really really good thank you and before we get on to talking about this week's episode let's get on to a little bit of feedback from last week as we said we're recording these episodes a little bit differently than we have in the past because we've just unfortunately been a little bit busy at some weekends so we missed out a little bit of feedback but uh john do you want to kick us off with the first piece of feedback on last week's episode a piece of email from monica jones
0: Yes, Monica on episode 20 of Gotham goes, Hi guys, this is hands down my favourite episode of the series. Even knowing two weeks ago Jeremiah would be the new Joker, this was really well done. I bought his story at first, hoping the gas hadn't kicked in yet, but watching the layers of sanity getting peeled back was so fun. Cameron Monahan is brilliant. And how about that scene with Butch getting angry at the punk kid? (laughs) I love the sound of his normal voice, but at the end, when he got creepy, it got really, really good. Then he cracked up. Look forward to your episode, Monica. Thanks, Monica. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great unpeeling of of Jeremiah. And like yourself, I absolutely bought into his story at first. And then that moment when he wipes away the makeup to reveal that white hue to his skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and those piercing eyes. Uh, and just seeing the, the craziness that unfolds. And, and the shock on Wayne's face as well as Jim's at the same time in the bunker as he's watching the video.
1: Really, really good. Definitely agree with you. Yeah, and I wonder if that is still your favourite episode of the season after watching this one. Uh, Thanks so much for your thoughts on that, Monica. Sam Bacta also got in contact with us about the last episode. He says, Hi guys, I've been following your podcast for a couple of months and really enjoy hearing your take on each of the episodes. Regarding the latest episode, I thought it was one of the season's best. I'll have to admit that I was not really a fan of Jerome, but I'm really liking what the writers have done with Jeremiah's character and Cameron Monaghan's acting in this role, particularly in this episode. He has the combination of being very intelligent and now insane, and used that along with Bruce's funding to come up with quite a plan for reshaping Gotham. I found your theory regarding Jeremiah possibly having been somewhat insane all along, for example the stories he made up as a child about Jerome, and perhaps using Jerome as a puppet until the time was right to be interesting. Perhaps the insanity gas was the final catalyst for unlocking his crazy side, a side that had been dormant, at least outwardly. Not sure you should be calling him insane, Sam. Uh, he doesn't seem to like that. That doesn't seem to go kind of down very well. with no, Jeremiah.
0: He really seems to take offense to that. But of course, every insane person thinks that they're sane. so I'm with you here, Sam, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, uh, he's hidden it to some extent he is maniacal internally and now it's beginning
1: to show on the outside as well absolutely sam goes on to say one of my favorite parts was the way they went back and forth between jim watching the movie and fighting with echo in the bunker and jeremiah and bruce in the cemetery that was brilliantly done i thought that something seemed odd about echo following jerome's orders why would she have any loyalty to him at all as well as the initial video that was played at the GCPD, but it wasn't until Jim was watching the movie in the bunker and Echo put the gun to his head that the light bulb went off in my head, and I realised the clever plot twist. I did enjoy some of the lighter aspects of this episode, like the prisoner in the van who kept thinking they were going to be saved, and Harvey having fun with the taser. The Lee Riddler dynamic is interesting. I still don't know if she's using him as an end to her means, but nonetheless, they seem to have a connection. Looking forward to the next two episodes. Sam.
0: Thank you Sam. Yeah, completely agree with you on the the reveal of Jeremiah both to Bruce and to Jim at the same time in different locations really really good. And sure, you're absolutely right that Echo working with Jerome uh, really did seem odd. And of course, then the reveal that it's Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. of course, all makes sense as these two, both Jeremiah and Echo, are two peas in a pod, um, I think, working together. Uh, very very effectively and yet the lighter side of the show was a must I think it really uh, helped just to break up those really intense moments and yes I loved Harvey Bullock with his cow taser uh really uh going to work with the
1: prisoner in the back of the the trunk of the car yes, it was absolutely hilarious, really enjoyed that, and really enjoyed the the episode. Thanks so much for your thoughts about last week's episode. We'll have some more feedback about this week's episode later on uh thanks so much, Sam and Monica, for your thoughts, yeah,
0: with that onto our spoiler filled review, Derek,
1: would you like to take us away with some of the episode details? Yeah, this episode was directed by Rob Bailey. He's directed nine episodes of Gotham so far, including Stop Hitting Yourself earlier on this season. Wow. Stop Hitting Yourself. Uh Stop Hitting Yourself.
0: (laughs) That never gets old for me. Um, But, uh, you know, maybe for others. I don't know. But, yes,
1: Stop Hitting Yourself. He gave us a new one this episode with Jeremiah Jeremiah as well. So, uh, loving that. Loving that. Jeremiah Jeremiah. (laughs) Jeremiah Jeremiah. (laughs) Exactly. And the episode was written by Tse Chun. Tse uh, has given us five episodes of Gotham so far, including The Blade's Path, which was episode five of this season, and episode 13, already this season, A Beautiful Darkness. Uh, two great episodes.
0: Yes, and this was a very dark episode as well. It really, really was. Mm-hmm. It was, in a horror and terrifying at the same time. Uh, really dark this episode really loved it yep john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode sure as gotham falls into complete anarchy a group of unlikely disparate heroes step up to save the city themselves and their loved ones from the maniacal plans of jeremiah velasca with jim gordon presumed dead harvey bullock takes the lead at the gcpd to evacuate gotham and find the location of the bombs planted around the city Elsewhere, in the Narrows, Jim begins to recuperate at the hands of Lee Tompkins as she persuades the Riddler to solve Jeremiah's puzzle and find the bomb's locations. But in doing so, Enigma is caught off guard by Jim, and so are his feelings for Lee. As Jim heads to the GCPD to help bring the chaos to an end, Harvey steps up to disarm the bombs and save Gotham. Meanwhile, as Bruce goes to save the kidnapped Alfred from Jeremiah and the Scarecrow, his psychological limits are tested severely as those close to him are put in danger. But just as one bad day seemingly comes to an end with the help and friendship of Selina, Jeremiah is approached by Ra's al Ghul to form an alliance and take another approach to Bruce Wayne. Bruce's bad day continues back at Wayne Manor and Selina is shot by Jeremiah. As Alfred subdues Jeremiah, Bruce frantically tries to keep Selena alive. What a rollicking rollercoaster of a ride, I think, that this episode of Gotham brought us, like, oh, yeah. truly, truly um, epic uh, and at the edge of your seats. Uh, certainly for me, uh, some moments in here, I was just, like, going, wow, are they doing this for yeah. real?
1: Yeah.
0: Is this really happening? How is this going to resolve itself? Like they were putting a lot on the line here mm-hmm. uh, with a number of key characters um as well as the city of Gotham and it was just fantastic and it's so good to see all these different facets of this world of the city of Gotham, including Rachel Ghoul, working their way interweaving together through to a really um cohesive story arc um yeah, yeah, yeah. so so good i thought this was a really fantastic episode of gotham
1: yeah it really was i have to give huge props to Chun, the writer for this episode if you're a comic book fan and you have read no man's land which is the episode title for next week if you've read the killing joke which is the joker story this took you on such a ride it made you feel like the city was going to explode. And the whole place was going to be destroyed, just like No Man's Land, the setup for that. It made you feel like the big moment at the end with Selina had huge implications for the character, as it does in The Killing Joke for the character get, that gets shot in there. Uh, changed the character for the future of the comic books, really. Uh, Barbara Gordon being the being the character in the comic books. Uh, definitely go and read those two books as well. Um, you can You can tell the inspiration that was taken, but really, really enjoyed this episode overall.
0: Yeah, I think with that, onto our top five case notes Mm -hmm. of this episode. So case note number one, Jeremiah's plan. Yes, he really is looking to level Gotham, to recreate it in his own image, or at least to recreate it in an image that he knows well, uh, a maze and uh, this was really good where, you know, he initially comes to the GCPD with their ultimatum, mm-hmm. uh, telling him what conditions he has and what he wants uh, from the city. And it's not money. It's not the murder to hold hostage. It's not. Immunity from the law. He wants everyone to clear out, get out. Otherwise, all these bombs that he's made with the help of Wayne Enterprises and the funding from Bruce Wayne for these uh, limitless supplies of energy uh, (laughs) will be blown up. And just in case you're not sure of how committed he is to his own plan, uh, he blows up one of the bell towers of a church right in front of Harvey and the gcpd and of course ruins a lovely view on the
1: streetscape that barbara really enjoyed from her club <laughs> in the sirens yes yes really enjoyed that that's quite an iconic location in the in the gotham comic books and in and in the cartoon series it has played host to a few characters have had that as their uh, as their central um, base of operations i suppose you call it so uh, now that that's gone out of the skyline of gotham um Wonder that does that mean we're not going to guest characters like the clockmaker and uh, and man bat? I think had spent some time living up in that clock tower yes. as well.
0: and can we ever see the bat in the belfry? Of mm-hmm. course, because that's where he likes to reside. In many ways, to yeah.
1: hide out in the gothic architecture of that bell tower. Yes, and Oracle had her base of a base of operations up there as well. So, um, so maybe it's another clock tower. Uh, you never know. But I did love that scene. I have to say it. Did stand out, as as you see it in the background, as Jeremiah standing in front of the GCPD. You could really take in that scene. And you just thought it was another one of those great COSAFX effects, um, things that they've done with their special effects, adding to the skyline of Gotham to make it look like a real different city than New York, where, where all of the show is filmed. But, of course... They're not going to create something as cool as that in the background and not blow it up. Um, we're in we're in the final stages of Gotham here. Great yeah,
0: go absolutely. There. And I love the way Jeremiah is still saying, you know, yes, Jerome would have also done it this way, but I'm doing it better. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to show you that I'm in charge here. It's so nicely conceived that in many respects, Jeremiah is doing a lot of what Jerome did. But for Je- Jeremiah... He is absolutely certain that he is more than one step ahead of the GCPD as well as being one step ahead or more of his own twin brother Uh, and that there is a difference here because he is calculating uh, uh, and will
1: absolutely deliver his plan yeah yeah i wonder if that's something some kind of key that the gcpd and bruce wayne can use to take down jeremiah he seems to constantly approach everything with how would jerome do this and how can i do it better i wonder if they're going to use that to play against him i love that moment when he's in his bunker when he's about to set off the bomb and he's being surrounded by his new Uh, his new gang who were taken from Jeremiah's old followers. uh, As they learn that he's lied to them, that he's no better than Jerome from the speech that Jim gives on TV, he gets more and more angry and more and more aggressive at them. Love that moment.
0: Yes, and of course then fires the whole lot of them uh, (laughs) from his employment, quite literally, (laughs) as he sets off the flames in another underground bunker because it's obviously not the original because that one blew sky high at the end of the last episode. That's right. Uh, and, of course, we thought that Jim Gordon was taken with it. hmm So this is a new location here. So maybe Jeremiah has a number of these safe
1: houses around the city of Gotham. I think you're right, yeah. I think that, that kind of may play into the plan that he had to blow up certain locations around the city and, and create this labyrinth, as, he, as it was being called throughout the episode, with this plan that we see. Uh, potentially he has a bunch of these storehouses across the city that he has built in preparation for this plan Uh, we did mention before that we think Jeremiah may have always been a little bit crazy so perhaps he has built safe houses to protect him from Jerome or built these uh, underground bunkers as part of this future plan Uh, we never know what had been happening for the 16 years beforehand so uh, he could have been doing that he
0: could have been doing preparation On the long term, Mm -hmm. definitely. Um, But I think, speaking of Jim as well, being blown sky high to the heavens, case note two, the Riddler on the rocks and Jim Gordon safe back to ground. Yes. Um, Yes, he wasn't blown sky high, but instead was... Well, I was going to say rescued, probably not rescued, uh, but at least taken by Enigma's men uh, as they had been following him when he went to Jeremiah's bunker. So that is why the GCPD could not find Jim's body. Jim is alive. And he is recovering at the hands of Leslie Tompkins Mm -hmm. down in the Narrows. Um, But this is really interesting because, again, this plays into this slightly shaky relationship between um, the Riddler and Leslie Tompkins. You know, are they an item? Are they not? Are the real feelings towards each other? Are, or is there not? Yeah. Um, it's really, really interesting. And again, having Jim inserted between this couple um, that is still kind of seems to be feeling its way n- despite all the uh, very strong affirmations and confirmations that the two of them are committed to one another. Jim, in his recovery, in asking Leslie to help solve. The puzzle that Jeremiah has left in relation to where these bomb locations are, um, again, puts an unease between the Riddler and Leslie Tompkins. So you really see Ed Enigma here a bit on the rocks in terms of emotionally, because yeah. he's trying to figure out what is Leslie doing? Is it real towards him or is it because she wants something? Mm -hmm. But he goes along with it. He says, if you want it, I'll do it. You really do get the sense that the Riddler is committed to this, but he suspects that Leslie isn't. And at the same time, Leslie seems very much to be committed. So I wonder if there's a slight imbalance here. It still seems to me that because Enigma the Riddler has two people involved uh, in the the relationship with Leslie, that that's where the doubts come in. Uh, And it was great having Jim sort of put in there to to really play around with those uh, feelings. Uh, And, of course, they really do get played around with.
1: I really wasn't sure about the timing of Jim Gordon there, though, uh, as... Riddler invites him into the room and says to him, look, Jim, just so you know, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care 1% if all of the people in Gotham die. The only reason I'm doing this is because she's my girlfriend. We're together. Can I stress that enough to you, Jim? The only reason I'm doing it is because of Leslie Tompkins. And then Jim instantly goes, she may not be the one that I know, but I know she could never love you. She only wants something out of you. I was going, Jim. Maybe wait a second before you get the information out of him. Maybe, yeah. maybe then take the opportunity to, to criticize their their relationship.
0: It's not the best timing to make sure that you can extract the the puzzle of Jeremiah from the master of puzzles mm-hmm. and riddles from the Riddler. Uh, yeah, I was wondering whether the Riddler was just going to kind of knock him out again and put him back under guard. Yeah. Um. But this is a really nice sort of reveal of jeremiah's plan in more detail here by the Riddler as he's cutting out the the maze of jeremiah's previous bunker the one that was blown sky high in the last Mm. episode and then moving it up and that moment where they align it with all the skyscrapers on the uh, horizon of, of the city of Gotham. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really nice. I thought that was such a, a nice framing of that shot. And the Wayne Enterprise building is one of those targets, along with the Central Bank of Gotham. Mm-hmm. So even though I said maybe money wasn't involved here, possibly it could be if it was all safe in the vaults underneath the ground. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. um Because whilst maybe Jeremiah doesn't need money, he does have to have money to do business, um, for sure. Uh, but th- I thought that was a really nice moment where that all kind of unfolded, and then of course, uh, Enigma falls for the biggest trick in the book. Going, um, <laughs> you know, just quick,
1: come and have a look at this, as Jim, as then he gives him a good old right hand hook. Oh, the the patented. Jim Gordon, right-hand hook. What a great moment, just knocking him straight to the ground. Nice, nice moment. Yeah, but we do see Jim revisit Back to the Narrows later on in the episode where he comes back and approaches Leslie Tompkins once again, telling her he'll effectively let her off all of her crimes if she leaves the city alone and on her own, and does reveal to her that he still cares for her. So we have this moment, we've always known that Jim's cared for her, but he's been trying to kind of get across that he doesn't care, pushing her away. And Riddler overhears the whole conversation. So that's obviously going to be playing out as part of their story comes to an end uh, next episode, I presume.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was wondering, you know, how has the Riddler taken that? Because it wasn't there wasn't no kiss. Mm-hmm. It was Jim effectively reaffirming his friendship or how he cares about Leslie. Yeah. But she didn't really come back to him with anything and um, she was a little teary i think at the end or at least she. it seemed as though you know again him having that conversation with her dragged up a load of bad memories or, or affectionate memories but she certainly didn't say i love you she didn't uh-huh. say she would go she didn't say she would give up the riddler so It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I think on the face of it, certainly it could spell trouble for Leslie and the Riddler. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of hoping that maybe the Riddler has just seen that she made absolutely no promises to Jim about doing that. And certainly didn't undermine her relationship with him yeah. or um, throw that away and say, I want you back, Jim. So yeah. It's really interesting to see what will happen from that now, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know how it gets when you have someone like Riddler, who is a very jealous kind of person, and he's also quite unstable in the relationship, it seems. He's a pretty unstable person, generally, um, but pretty unstable in the relationship. He keeps questioning it and wondering what's going on. Will he just take this as a sign that what Jim said to him about Leslie using him was actually true. Um, interesting, yeah, definitely. Looking forward to seeing that. Let's get on to case note number three. We had one of the best things going on in this episode. I think one of the nicest things to see. Finally, Harry Bullock gets his moment. As he says to Jim, he needs a moment. He needs something to help the team in the GCPD rally behind him for all the letdowns that they had in the past. Uh, it's pointed out quite early on here that the reason why they're not going to follow him is because, well, when he was in charge. Professor Pig was going around killing cops. Um, so why should they follow him again?
0: Yeah. Professor Pig really comes to bite uh, Harvey Bullock on the ass here, I think, for sure. Um, but I love this hero Harvey moment because mm-hmm. it comes from a place where he is still distrusted. Um in the gcpd and of course at this very moment they don't know that jim gordon is still alive they think he is buried underneath all the concrete of jeremiah's bunker Mm -hmm. and so they are really running on hope here and i think harvey is trying to provide that hope and i think the rug really gets pulled from under his feet here when he starts to get questioned and it's nice to see that harper stands up for him
1: yeah,
0: uh, and that you know he's the ranking detective here even though um, you know the other detectives the other police officers don't seem willing to follow him here yeah. in this moment the other person that does as well is Lucius Fox oh, yeah. he, he really uh, gets behind Harvey here and I really like how they figure it out together because you've always had that great interplay between Harvey and Lucius because Harvey is like I don't understand what you're saying you know dumb it down yeah Give it to me in plain English so that I know what you're saying. Yeah. And of course, here it is about having this central core brain that will detonate all the bombs at the same time uh, across gotham and they are really looking at the blueprints from wayne enterprises with regards to these devices to see how they can dismantle them and disarm them but of course they still need to try and find the location here which is really good because thankfully with jim escaping from the narrows Mm -hmm. at the hands of the riddler he manages to come in at the most convenient moment to hand them the locations of the detonators. And I think here we can actually mix in, you know, mix and match case note four here (laughs) that we have, which is Oswald and the sirens. Because, of course, the whole plan of Jeremiah was that everyone needed to be evacuated within six hours. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that has suddenly been accelerated by the insertion of Oswald and the sirens to try and, of course, make this... Um, all about them and for them to profit from the blowing up of Gotham, which Brother. I really, really enjoyed. You know, yeah. as I say, there are some people doing it for the city with, with Harvey. You know, this hero of the city, Harvey Bullock. There are people doing it for themselves, mm-hmm. and that's definitely Oswald and the sirens who are really looking for fifty million extra dollars um but not really trying to stop it and of course jeremiah suddenly changes his plans up with a bazooka uh, (laughs) and which is a really nice throwback to an earlier season where uh, galavan is bazooked from the face of the planet (laughs) by butch gilzean at the instructions of the penguin and here we have one of Jeremiah's former henchman the one who really was leading all of his followers at the graveyard um who has been captured by Penguin and Butch at the last in the last episode mm-hmm. and has given away all of Jeremiah's plans so they have come now to really hold him hostage to get money not to save Gotham but to get money um and yes Jeremiah turns it around with a good bazooka to his former henchman mm-hmm. and yeah, you see a lot of bits fly out uh, <laughs> of that moment. Again, a really nice, but I love the the use of the bazooka here for sure. But of course, that means then that now Harvey and Lucius have to have a different way to disarm these bombs,
1: mm-hmm. rather
0: than finding the core brain, which was held by the henchman when he was bazookas. Yeah, they now have to disarm the first bomb so that. Like Christmas lights, if you take one bulb out, um, <laughs> then none of them work. Yes, Which is a regular occurrence, I think, uh, in, Every in this household yeah. at Christmas. <laughs> and because of that, you have Hero Harvey step up to the mark here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, of course, get that round of applause from the GCPD. You know, he has made good in the eyes of those detectives. He put himself on the line, risked his own life yeah. to save the city
1: and i think that's a really nice moment for harvey bullet absolutely and i have to say i just loved him working with Lucius fox where Lucius is given the instructions on how to make sure that the bomb is made safe and he opens up the bomb and finds out there's two trigger switches and what does harvey do of course he has to go back to eeny meeny miny moe which one of these won't make this blow <laughs> really love it great moment from harvey nice little funny moment as well uh, but it does have him with the standing ovation from the gcpd they're all back on his side again he does get his day in the sunshine great stuff Uh, as for oswald and the sirens yeah the whole reason they're doing it for the most part is apparently to save butch Gilzine to get him back from being uh grundy so yeah it's a bit of a weird one it seems like penguin wants the money hey why not if you have the opportunity to get yourself uh, a quarter of 50 million dollars why not go for it but Everybody else joined up to make sure that Butch Gilzine got to see Professor Hugo Strange and get a cure for him of this illness that he seems to have, this illness of bringing him back from the dead.
0: Yes. <laughs> but of course, even right at the end at the Sirens Bar, also kind of lets slip that he knows where Hugo Strange mm-hmm. is has to correct himself pretty quickly when Butch has got his hands round his throat yes. saying I've only just learned of this information but we do know that Hugo Strange had been let off by Oswald with Fish Mooney mm-hmm. back in the day so so it's more than likely that he kept tabs on Hugo Strange and mm-hmm. has known of his location All the time. But he does have to backtrack here. And again, we do see this duplicitous nature of Oswald, which has just done so, so well. And of course, he then tries to use the excuse, well, we don't have any money now. uh, To which Tabitha, with the prize that Butch could be brought back from this stinky, festering swamp monster, (laughs) at least physically, has... Certain methods that could be very, very persuasive yes. uh, to Hugo Strange. So I suspect we may see her doing a little bit of torture Once uh,
1: on Professor Strange. Yeah, I have to say, I love that line from uh, from Barbara as well about festering Grundy that he has to keep at least 10 feet away <laughs> yeah, from her during this plan. Yeah, really, really good. Um, let's get on to the final and probably the biggest point because we haven't really talked a huge amount at all about Bruce's story in this episode. And the episode was called One Bad Day. Case Note 5 is one really bad day. This is the
0: guts of this episode, and it is so on the edge of your seat. It's really proper horror. Um, the moment that Bruce gets the call at the GCPD by Jeremiah, mm-hmm. telling him to go to a particular location, where then he is bombarded with all this imagery of you know his mentor, his guardian, um, his valet... Alfred being tortured, punched repeatedly. Little does he know that all the time in this warehouse, it is being filled with Scarecrow's fear toxin. Mm -hmm. And so he is really living all of this damage to Alfred and, and the need for him to protect Alfred. And it moves to a point where they come face to face. And wow, I mean, I was... Must have been breathing in the fear toxin as well because I like Alfred giving himself the Chelsea smile with the razor blade, yeah. laughing insanely, going after Bruce then with the razor blade, them having that fight. But luckily, Bruce has enlisted Selina to help him out here. He was told by Jeremiah, if you tell the cops, I will know. Instead, he goes to Selina, who... Realizes that ultimately the person in that seat is not Alfred. But I mean, I have to say, I was a have they just given Alfred the Joker smile? How yeah. are they going to rectify this? Certainly didn't think he was going to die, but I really thought that was Alfred. It was played right to the last moment until we see Selena unlocking this door with someone with a sack on on their head, and you kind of go, "Okay, that must be Alfred, yeah, yeah. but seeing Alfred attack Bruce, it was really really well done um, and of course yes it was the fear toxin of scarecrow that was making bruce wayne hallucinate in, in this way so so good oh yeah
1: i love how they use this i really do i love that moment of selena and bruce arrive together where selena says to him i'll be here for you whenever you need me from now on their relationship is back repaired at the best state it's ever been uh, in this episode and yeah sean Pertwee in this role doing these scenes as he turns crazier and crazier as he starts to laugh while he's cutting his own smile in his face with a razor blade. It's so good and so creepy. And yes, totally with you. I, I absolutely believe this was our Alfred.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I was there going, okay, well, Bruce Wayne will have, you know, access to the best plastic surgeons. Mm-hmm. They could sort that out. Will he be able to sort him out from the gas, the Joker gas, the laughing gas? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, maybe not unless lucius fox can find some kind of antidote um so all these things racing through my head at, the, at that moment and um, but just so good seeing uh, sean pert doing that horror and of course you know it really took me back to event horizon as oh, well yes. where that is a real psychological mind trick and again in this warehouse that is what's happening to bruce wayne
1: done really really well yeah i was wondering if part of the video that was being shown by jeremiah on on the wall where you see scarecrow mixing up the mix uh, and he was saying pay attention bruce i was wondering if this was giving bruce possibly a clue of what was being put into the fear toxin or the joker toxin that was being used on on alfred so maybe bruce would have been able to create a cure in future but it turns out Alfred wasn't hit by the toxin at all so uh, he's just in a bag in a uh, in a press uh, <laughs> waiting for his opportunity to break back out with Selena so uh, so that's that's quite good at least we have our Alfred back but that doesn't mean that's the end of the day no just quickly that
0: Jeremiah had just given one of his goons the instruction to kill the butler and mm. um, just as oswald and barbara and tabitha had come in to spoil uh the timelines of his plan yeah so actually alfred was a very lucky man indeed at this mm-hmm. moment because yeah.
1: alfred had served his use to jeremiah yeah absolutely another very lucky person bruce and selena finally have their kiss on the couch in, the, in Wayne Manor when they return as Alfred goes off uh, to prepare a meal for the evening. Um, proper fry-up. I like that. Um, but it is a great moment. Love loved that. But you can't have any happiness if you live in Gotham, especially if you're Bruce Wayne. We have, as I say, the kind of main moment from The Killing Joke as Jeremiah arrives and shoots Selina straight through the stomach. Yes. So, I mean, it really just begins to unfold again. You
0: just think everything is back on an even keel. They're back safely at Wayne Manor. As you say, Alfred's going off for a hot shower, prepare a good fry-up just to to really settle everything down. Mm -hmm. Bruce and Selina have this really tender moment on the sofa and have this kiss and, and really that connection of these two characters and their relationship. And before that... However, we did have that quick scene where Jeremiah, having his bad day after all his plans coming to nothing, mm-hmm. uh, in another location, trying to figure out how it had all gone wrong and what he needed to do to make it right, only to be visited by Rachel Ghul, who offers him an alliance, a partnership, because ultimately Rachael Ghul also, like Jeremiah, sees Bruce Wayne at the centre of their plans for Gotham. Yeah. And the, the need for it to be burnt to the ground in some form or another. So this alliance pops right up, right in Wayne Manor, right after Bruce and Selina have shared their moment together. Yeah. Uh, and it is, as you say, very much out of the killing joke with Jeremiah shooting Selina in the gut um, just as the Joker shoots Barbara Keene in the gut in front of Jim Gordon in the Killing Joke,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. I really like this choice as well of having Rachel Ghoul coming back to to convince Jeremiah, kind of to go along with Rachel's plan. Rachel's always been about ridding Bruce of his attachments to people, so that he can then lead the League of Shadows. He's always been about this concept of. Why would you have someone like Alfred around all the time? That's why he instructed Bruce to kill Alfred. Now it's go after Selina and that will destroy Bruce. So having someone like Raish who knows all about Bruce on your side and working with him. It's working out quite well for for Jeremiah. Um, what I also like is another great touch. As Alfred is throwing Jeremiah to the floor and punching him in the face, you see Jeremiah doesn't crack. He doesn't laugh like Jerome would have. This is yeah. a completely different person. He keeps a straight face knowing he's accomplished his, mis- his mission to kill Selena when he arrived. Um, there's great touches here from Cameron Monaghan throughout the episode. You can really tell that he's taken some inspiration from different people, not just from previous Jokers or anything like that. I couldn't get over how well his voice sounded like Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. It just sounded really similar to that fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah, kind of very calculating, very methodical,
0: exactly. uh, very knowing, uh, really, really nicely done here. And of course, all the while, um, Bruce is frantically trying to save Selena by yeah. putting pressure on her stomach uh, where she has been shot. Again, fantastic Performance by David Mazouz here, um, you know, moving from being psychologically tormented mm-hmm. into kind of gradually calming down, having that really tender moment with Selena, only for the trauma to raise up again uh, with Jeremiah coming in and shooting Selena. Yeah. Just so, so well. And again, this episode, the brutality in it, in terms of that brutal rug being pulled from under Bruce's feet, the brutality of what was happening or perceived to be happening to Alfred and how that was going to give Bruce his one bad day, Uh, all so very very good really nicely done
1: and also that reveal from bruce that the reason he thinks that jeremiah and jerome both are going after him is because that maybe he did go a little bit crazy when he lost his parents maybe that is the thing that that threw him a little bit insane kind of like that moment as well that's just before the kiss between selena and bruce but it's a quite a big reveal for bruce to have accepted that at this stage
0: yeah it's it's a really good moment for the character and again it ties it back to that moment of his parents death which is absolutely fundamental in his journey to become the Batman Mm -hmm. and again despite all the other interjections from other characters leading him towards that moment when yes he will don the cowl and the cape and become Batman but that it always in the back of his mind is something did change me on that day when my parents um, were murdered. And maybe Jeremiah has got that right that it was uh, a little bit of insanity that crept in. Absolutely. But there are these other people like Alfred, like Selena, like Jim at this moment keeping him together. And this is why Rachel Gould ultimately, uh, in knowing the future, in knowing the timeline, is trying to rid Bruce of these supporting friends
1: and loved ones. Yeah. And with only one episode left of Gotham to go, there's quite a lot to do, quite a lot to accomplish in here. I do wonder, obviously, the as I mentioned in The Killing Joke, the shot to Barbara Keane turned her into Oracle. She's been in a wheelchair for most of the years after that in many more comic books and many more stories. The kind of choices that they have now in the writer's room is, do you do that with Selina or is this just the loss of a life Um, she's lost one already when she fell out the window at the hands of the brusselganger when he pushed her and she got revived after dying effectively is this just another loss of life is she now down to seven lives out of the nine that she has available to her as she becomes more like catwoman and more like selena kyle will this change her personality by being shot here um, or will she be in a wheelchair will she be gotham's version of oracle
0: I would say that there's the supernatural element to Selina Kyle as a character in Batman with this connection to the cats, the fact that they seem to imbue her with, you know, not only cat-like reflexes Mm -hmm. and senses, but also with the well-known nine lives. And I I think I'm more likely to see that being how it plays out rather than seeing Selina in the wheelchair. It'll be interesting, you know, do we see her in a hospital bed? Uh, in the next episode or is it a question where she simply does recover very quickly as one of those nine lives is used up mm-hmm. um so interesting to see that and of course you know there is supernatural elements to Gotham through Rachel Ghoul primarily Absolutely. so this uh, mystical element to to Gotham really does exist and it pervades through a number of, of the different characters yeah
1: and is this part of Rachel ghoul's plan is it that bruce will pick up selena and carry her to Rachel ghoul to try and cure selena like the way he did with alfred you know is this is this the way that race gets bruce back on his side and back to him we will know very soon i think uh, on the next episode of gotham
0: yeah and will jeremiah ultimately now that he has been um severely beaten by alfred Presumably, under citizens' arrest, mm-hmm. will he be thrown into Arkham Asylum?
1: Yes, possibly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can't see him escaping from that at all. But certainly, uh, <laughs> Jeremiah um, has got a fairly terrier-like Alfred uh, on his chest at the moment, yes. uh, making sure that he doesn't leave Wayne Manor. Um, so, yes, Jeremiah presumably will go into the ever porous Arkham Asylum oh, yes. for one night only probably. <laughs> probably
1: probably and finally the other question that I have in this episode is we only saw one bomb diffused by, ha- by Harvey Bullock we saw the, you know, the locations of the rest of the bombs they're going out to get them but No Man's Land the storyline that's hopefully going to feed the next episode is about the city of Gotham being cut off from the rest of the world yes. because the bridges are knocked out uh, because of an attack effectively that it's cut off from the rest of the world are those bombs going to come into play again next week?
0: That is a really interesting point, mm. and certainly that a lot of the population of Gotham is either being evacuated or has been evacuated at this moment. you know who 's left behind to to rummage and, and
1: try and survive in the rubble of gotham Mm -hmm. it's gonna be so interesting can't can't wait to see that um one note i have for the episode just the location that jerome gives to bruce about where alfred is being held is welling street tom welling played clark kent on uh, smallville so i'm wondering if that was a little reference to tom welling could have been yeah possibly that's my note of the week could be nothing
0: Hopefully it was, uh, but given that one of the co-creators of this is now working on Metropolis, this could have been a nice little nod to to
1: that. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Uh, John got the moment of the week. What's the moment that stood out to you most in this episode? I think for me, it was absolutely Selena uh, being shot. Oh yeah, um, shocker!
0: That and. Alfred with the razor blade that was straight from a horror movie for me I really thought it was Alfred I really thought that they played it through the script through the direction to really put you off uh, to really think that this was Alfred Mm -hmm. Um, and it really meant for me that that scene between Alfred and Bruce was so terrifying mm-hmm. like what's going to happen here i you know and was so meaningful i thought it was absolutely fantastic I really really enjoyed both and, of those scenes yeah and the same then can be said for the trauma that bruce has to go through seeing selena shot uh, on the coffee table at wayne manor again mm-hmm. just throws up so many lovely different through lines as to how that can affect both selena and bruce as well as seeing what will happen to jeremiah
1: so really really good yeah yeah jeremiah with the gun in the study of wayne manor yes just like cluedo gotham character of the week one for me is uh the new followers of jeremiah i love this call of jeremiah jeremiah every time he says i've killed jim gordon it's like as if it's conditioned into them that that's how he's fixed them to make sure that they follow him and the minute they find out that he hasn't killed Jim Gordon, the spell's broken. They no longer say Jeremiah, Jeremiah, they say, You're a liar, you're a liar. Um, and then he burns them up. But a nice little moment between those characters. I have to also call out another MVP for this episode. Once again, Lucius Fox coming in and saving the day. He hasn't had a big moment for a while, but every time he's on screen, I love how Chris Chalk interplays with. Dona Logue as harvey bullock i love how he has the intelligence to sort through all of these plans from all of these crazy people um and really puts his stamp on there if we're going to get a gotten season five we need so much more lucius fox next season
0: yes and of course there was the moment of eeny meeny miny moe from harvey bullock
1: as he disarms the bomb mm-hmm really good as well i presume they're not going to be able to do that with all of the other 20 or 30 bombs around the city (laughs) they have (laughs) to find another way to guess which one is the right trigger to stop
0: oh absolutely i think the laws of probability would mean that one of them would go boom Mm -hmm. yeah at least one at least one
1: john overall how would you rate this episode of gotham
0: I would give this five bad days out of five. I, I thought this really was an excellent episode. So strong, really fantastic acting that had all these characters on the line, whether it was down to the city of Gotham being on the line from the bombs, Harvey, Harvey. Having to try and bring around this distrustful, antagonistic GCPD because of what had happened under his captainship of the GCPD Mm -hmm. during the Professor Pig times. And again, just that nod back to previous episodes, working all these episodes previously together was so, so good. Seeing him and Lucius Fox working together You know, Jim Gordon arriving like the cowboy on horseback at the right moment, (laughs) but having just left a few little cluster bombs of his own between the Riddler slash Enigma and, of course, Leslie Tompkins Mm -hmm. was so, so good. And to see that kind of stir from the Riddler uh, after Jim and Leslie had spoken uh, once Gotham was safe was really good. And, of course, then the fact that the personal lives and friendships of selena bruce and alfred all on the line and really made the audience believe that this was happening i was just like oh my goodness uh so so good so much out of the horror movie playbook as well Mm -hmm. great to see the skirker involved again as well being used by jeremiah and of course jeremiah himself just the, the intonation the menace that he brings and for that now to be reconnected in with Rachel ghoul again I think that's really such a nice move of the script great direction great script great acting uh great cGI I think this is one of the strongest episodes of Gotham. Mm-hmm. five bad days out of
1: five that's a bad week isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's a working week
1: it is yes, <laughs> yeah. yes yeah a really really strong episode i'm loving how the season is going on so excited for the finale next next week
0: yeah cannot wait for episode 22 of gotham season 4 but we have some feedback for this episode One Bad Day from over on our Facebook group. You can head on over there and go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Join the group where you can come on over and give any thoughts, comments or discussion points on any of the episodes of Gotham or the podcast. Um, It is great to hear back from you. Over on Facebook, Richard Blaze goes, oh my me. What an episode. My head is all over the place. Jim still has his hair. I did not think I could love anyone more than Jerome, especially after the past few weeks. But Jeremiah is a totally different, even more psychopathic nutter who I fell in love with all over again. Hats off to Cameron Monaghan for playing two characters at Polar Opposites.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely, Richard. This was such a good contrast from from Jerome and I think as Derek has mentioned you know that difference between Jerome laughing as he's being hit laughing to soak up the punches with Jeremiah taking them silently um, you know and you're just wondering what is going on in his head Mm -hmm. Um, yes interesting Jim still has his hair it would have been interesting if he had lost his hair but gained a (laughs) moustache for sure Richard goes on and says, bazookas, yay, absolutely cannot agree with you more. It was great to have the return of the bazooka. It's a uh, favorite
1: weapon in Gotham, really, isn't it? It
0: really is. <laughs> and, of course, it delivers such a deadly punch. I did feel sorry for the henchman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, after the bazookas, Richard goes, for a moment, thought I'd stepped in the wrong show. And I was watching Westworld with all the mazes and all. The projector style clips of Alfred were beautifully reimagined from the killing joke, along with Jeremiah's suit and the shooting of Selena. Mm-hmm. Ed is still not convinced with Lee and her affection. He might probably be right. I need a butch suit and a flat cap in my life. <laughs> uh, he also says, great to see Bullock finally getting some praise. Definitely. Kissing? Ah. Uh,
1: <laughs> we all love that scene yes that it was
0: so so good and of course he goes i generally have a fear of cut throat razors when that popped up i nearly had to turn off blame gary olman and his film the firm when his toddler finds his cutthroat razor and decides to brush his teeth with it Oof. yes well we did say that this really had horror elements to it uh and certainly like the firm uh definitely uh cutthroat razors i've always had a bit of a bad rep mine kind of really comes from eastern promises actually where i have this fear of having a wet shave and it being done by someone else and that they would just decide to take me out oh Um, yes definitely out of eastern promises for sure uh the film that had vigo mortensen in in it uh, about russian gangs in london that's right all Uh, of vigo mortensen in it. it certainly did Richard finally says sometimes feel a penultimate episode is there just to build up the finale, but doesn't really do much. This one was easily a quality standalone piece. Mm -hmm. Just loved it all. And finally, only just realized that Charlie Houston, writer-producer, is the same guy who wrote the Joe Pitt novels. And I love those books for adding a completely new dimension to the vampire mythology. Interesting. So, yeah, there we go. From Gotham. To vampire mythology in great bit of feedback there, Richard. Thank you so, so much. I'll definitely have to check out those Charlie Houston books. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much for that, Richard. Yeah, I could definitely tell you enjoyed the episode about as much as we did, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. We have another piece of email feedback. It goes, Hi Gotham TV Podcast, my feedback comes to you this week, not just by me, but my co-passenger Tyler Cox, as we make our way to Blackpool for the ultimate Star Fury convention and to meet the lovely Maggie Geha. We are both in agreement that the ending of this episode when Jeremiah shot Selena is a jaw-dropping moment. Tyler's scene of the episode is when Jeremiah locked his soldiers in the room after they are a disappointment to him and set them on fire. Claire says, my favorite scene has to be Bruce hallucinating Alfred cutting his face to have scars just like Jerome because of the way it was so disturbing. Then the horror of Bruce thinking Alfred had been shot dead. Yeah, that moment when his head kind of just explodes while Bruce is holding him and he just falls off the mezzanine where the two of them had been fighting. You can just tell the shock on Bruce's face. Really good moments to pick out. And yeah, Tyler, totally loved the firing of the staff. Uh, Really good. (laughs) Yeah, so, so good. Claire continues with my character of the week is Detective Harvey Bullock. He showed that he can be a great leader. He was put in a tough position when the other officers would not follow him because of what happened with Professor Pig, then putting himself forward to defuse the generator bombs. Really good scenes between Ed, Jim and Lee. I feel that maybe Jim planted the thought that Lee was only wants to be with Nigma, because she wants something. It was a clever scene while Nigma watched Jim telling Lee that he still cared for her. Definitely an interesting one when Penguin revealed to Butch. He knew where Professor Strange was. I have a feeling we'll see him in the next episode. Fantastic fight scenes between Selina and Scarecrow also deserve a mention. Overall, another brilliant episode with Cameron Monaghan showing just how good he is and his acting skills. The serene, creepy calmness of Jeremiah is captivating. Please let there be a Gotham se- Season 5 say Claire and Tyler totally totally with you there Cameron Monaghan has been fantastic in this season he's had some great standout episodes even when he's in the background of episodes he's been really really good they've used him to great effect throughout the season and hopefully we're going to get some more of him in the future
0: absolutely thank you so much Claire thank you so much Tyler for the feedback I absolutely hope we see Hugo Strange here uh, as well and of course yes Cameron Monaghan is serenely creepy. I think that is such a good way to um, describe Jeremiah's character Mm -hmm. uh, here. Um, Yes, thank you to everyone who has provided the feedback for this episode of Gotham TV Podcast. Remember to that you can contact us through our website voicemail. Just go to gothamtvpodcast.com and you can leave the voicemail on the right-hand side tab and leave up to 90 seconds of voicemail. If you don't want to leave a voicemail, you can just leave email to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. And of course, there is our Facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcasts. And we tweet out live Every episode of Gotham over on our Twitter handle at Gotham TV Podcast. So please come on, join the community, join the fun, and let us
1: all make sure that this great, great TV series is renewed for a season five. Mm-hmm. And keep tweeting out Renew Gotham and Save Gotham. We want to see this show renewed for season five because that means Gotham TV Podcast will be renewed for season five of our show. Um, maybe hashtag Renewed Gotham TV podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be a little stretch. (laughs) But, of course...
0: To renew Gotham TV Podcast, you can listen to us over on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Just head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com and you can subscribe to our podcast on any of the podcast catchers of your choice. Please also rate us and leave a review because sharing the love is showing the podcast and any bit of feedback is fantastic for us to delve
1: into. On next week's episode, we will be giving out our prize for the feedback that we've been receiving all throughout this season. So if you want to get in with one last chance to win that prize, send in your feedback to us on any of the episodes that you've seen so far. Your favourite moments, your favourite bits so far this season, your favourite thoughts about Gotham, just send them in to us in any of the ways that John mentioned.
0: Yeah, and of course, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week with the final episode of Gotham, Season 4, A Dark Knight, Episode 22, mm. which will be released on the 17th of May and is called no man's land
1: oh i've been reading all the way through no man's land and it's been a really enjoyable comic book i can only imagine what they'd be able to do with this on gotham the tv show for season five. Oh, really excited to see that yeah absolutely thanks so much for joining us
0: yeah as always thank you so much for joining us and listening with us and um, just remember don't get fired uh, and hopefully if you survive being fired by your maniacal boss Then we will speak with you again next time. Bye.
1: Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.